This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and it's coming to another weekend and we've had a fairly upsy-downsy all over the place week actually. Birmingham on Saturday wasn't a, wasn't a great Saturday that was. Result didn't go our way, Bees didn't play that well and then on Tuesday things were a little bit better or a lot better. We played Huddersfield and we gave them a bit of a tonking. So we're going to talk about what happened last week. We're going to look forward to next week. We're just going to talk about stuff, Brentford and anything else we can think about. I'm Billy Grant and I'm here in the studio with a load of mates of mine. I'm here with Dave Lane. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, yeah. Um, very, very happy after uh, after seeing the Bees bounce back um, from the Birmingham defeat. Uh, four, another four goals on a Tuesday night. Could have been five, six, seven. Um yeah, again, just they, they they do that. Just bounce back. They lose, they lose one, and um, they they put it right. It's uh, just really great to see. And uh, you know, I I'll be the first to admit I, I went into Tuesday night a little bit gloomy. Um, I just thought we were tired on um, tired on the previous Saturday, and uh, it was just good to see you know the right the right shake up rather than the wrong shake up. And um, the the players reacted, and it was just I thought it was a fantastic performance. It was not bad at all, and. Um... I think a couple of eyes were, eyebrows were raised again because I think after Saturday, a lot of people thought, hey, listen, Brentford are faltering once again. So uh, that was good news. Also got the studio here, Matt Allard. Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, very well. I, I had a good day out Saturday. It's just the result was the um, was the problem. Um, yeah, it was um, a good but, day, actually. That, that pub, the Victoria in Birmingham, was actually quality pub, wasn't it? It, it was quality, yeah. It was a very... Very much fun day out. I think I felt if we weren't booked on trains home, we probably could have stayed long into the night. We might have missed Tuesday's game. <laughs> we could have maybe stayed that long. Yeah, um, but it's all about what are they? Is it, is it, this is in the Urban Dictionary, isn't it? Bounce back ability. 
and that's what we seem to have loads of at the moment. I could, I'm sure Nick's raising his eyebrows at this as I say it now. The bounce back ability. I mean, we definitely bounce back after that Birmingham game, and uh, and as Lady said there as well, there's a lot of people they weren't sure. I mean, even ourselves, we thought as the wind's gotten out of the Brentford sails, but the bounce back ability was definitely there. And also, we got Nick Carthew, Liberal Nick, is in the studio. Nick, how you doing? Yeah, good, good, good. Um, I was just reflecting, like Matt, that you know the uh, Saturday was uh, the best pub we've done on the away days trip. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to visiting Birmingham um, probably in two seasons' time now. You obviously didn't come with us to Borough to the uh, the Twisted Lip and the Sherlock's. Yeah, no, I did. I did. Yeah, could yeah Middlesbrough, Birmingham. Yeah, they were the yeah two 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 or three best pubs of the year today. Which which made up for the absolutely horrendous performance and results actually on Saturday. But listen. Instead of us actually talking about the horrendous performance and stuff on Saturday, let us go back and listen to what the fans had to say about both the Birmingham game and also Tuesday, the Huddersfield game. We've come up to Birmingham today and uh, we didn't get the result we wanted because Birmingham did a job on us. They did an absolute job on us, didn't you, boy? I think we did, yeah. We played well. Yeah, turned it round again. I mean, you had plenty of ball setting half, but... Uh... Yeah, I think we held out well. I think we've changed the defence a bit. I think we've concentrated. We've gone back to just playing one up front and, uh, and it's worked. You know, we sat deep and we defended well, to be fair. Yeah. Everyone else lost, so we could have done with this. And we just didn't look like scoring. We just we were poor. Andre Gay was off his, off his game. Oh, I think it was a poor performance poor, From everyone. Poor performance. Liam I mean, Morgan, we weren't out of races, but neither were Birmingham. But we, uh, we still got a chance, but we're going to have to dig deep now. This if, was the time to catch up. This was the time to catch up. Everyone else... Not everyone else lost, but this, we could have gained points here big time. He's an ain't a bad. And we next week against Ipswich, next week against Ipswich, ain't going to be easy. So When the teams drop points on a Saturday, you have to be making the most of the opportunities that you're given. And I feel today, we just didn't make any opportunities. The boys have to be walking away from today. And I'm afraid they have to be disappointed with what they did because what they did was below average. It was below par. And we're all disappointed. At no moment today was there any inspiration or or any sense that we'd get back into that game. I just... It was huff and puff, but it wasn't creative, it wasn't imaginative. Were we they, didn't, we didn't swarm forward. Were they tired? I think so. That's certainly how they looked. I don't know why they'd be tired. I mean, the Blackpool was a walk in the park on Tuesday, but but Gray has played 31 of the 32 games this season, and the boy looks like he needs a rest. I thought Moore did, was very poor, actually, against Donaldson. I thought, poor Moore. Poor Moore. He, was, he, he lost every header against uh, Donaldson and I, I, don't, I didn't think he played out from the back very well but I imagine Harley's pretty uh, pretty angry tonight uh, and not getting a game so oh, we're pretty good at the back Moore was okay I think a few people have said he was rubbish but I thought he was alright he got pulled around by Donaldson a bit but everyone gets pulled around by Donaldson a bit um, I thought he was alright I, I, I didn't think he did anything wrong or he's, he clearly hasn't played with the team very much so the passes weren't the passes you expect out the back but I thought it was okay and were you surprised that Bidwell didn't start the game today I was a bit surprised I understand I understand the reasoning I understand the reasoning Dallas has been okay 
so why change it? But then again, Dallas has been okay, and the last game he was okay was against Blackpool. So if you've got your left back back, put him back in. Um, bear in mind, we played 17 home, 17 away, so it's even home in a way. If we win half our games going on, I think we we might find ourselves in the playoffs. On paper, if we play against Huddersfield like we did against uh, Blackpool, we should be doing all right. Just a case of playing well, getting an early goal, and making sure we're on top and not chasing the game like we were today. We dispatched Huddersfield quite well today. Huddersfield didn't show very much, especially in the first half, just sat back, tried to defend, didn't do the job properly, and actually got a goal very much against the run of play. Um, in the second half, I think we dominated it and ran out very, very deserved winners. Uh, Gray's been looking tired over the last six to eight weeks, in my opinion, and I think that Long uh, showed a freshness that we that we needed, and uh, a little bit of a, a poacher who backs backs off the defenders and makes a little bit of space for himself. Andre Gray is very good at playing with his back to the defenders and turning them, but he's not always in the right place to actually score the goal. Much better, much better performance. Um, Travel more up for it. You know, Saturday was a disappointment, and today we've just put that behind us and just gone and got and got done what we need to do. Could have gone wrong today, though, couldn't it? It could have gone wrong, you know, and you never know what was happened. Playing long up front, um, well, it appeared to be a, you know, ball button got it right in the end, but master stroke, master stroke, yeah, absolutely. Always doubt with Brentford unless we're two goals ahead, Billy, as well, you know. Once we got a two goal cushion, I was, uh, I was confident, yeah. Les billes sont de retour. This is what we say in French. Les billes sont de retour. We are back, absolutely. Uh, that was the case at Bournemouth, and uh, we celebrated in, in style. Yes. And uh, I was extremely impressed by our performance. Uh, we had a bit of a blip in Birmingham. Yes. Uh, massively disappointing, especially that was a weekend where that was a big missed opportunity. You know, a lot of other big teams lost points. We were all dreaming of going back into the, 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 the playoff uh, contenders. But uh, today I was absolutely amazed. I mean, second half, we looked amazing. Second half, I got the electricity back. Brentford looked electric. There was no player holding the ball for more than three seconds. It was like triangles after triangles, flowing really fast. Beautiful. So uh, I really, really enjoyed the second, uh, the second half. I brought a lot of mates with me, and they discovered Brentford. They really loved the football. They were my new supporters. They were a lot of premiership supporters, and... They gave us a lot of respect. They were like, bloody Brentford, you look really good. And uh, a lot of pride today. I feel a lot of pride. So, two different games, two different results, two different sets of fans saying different things. But at the end of the day, what matters is the fact that Brentford are back on course for uh, the playoffs. We're right back there in sixth place. Ipswich are just below us and uh, things are looking pretty good, aren't they, at the moment? They're looking great. You know, the, the mid the midweek games just were just fantastic. You know, we, 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 I think we, you know, we'd hoped that a couple of them would drop points and uh, 
you couldn't you couldn't expect too many of them to be a couple of them had like you know especially um especially uh you know norwich at home to wigan that, that was a that was a home banker all, all day long for, for norwich to go and lose that game and then for um for ipswich to to not bounce back um after losing to norwich and then um to lose up at leeds again i don't, I don't you know we, we were looking looking over our shoulder and you know to for, for ipswich and to, for wolves to have lost during the week it's done my karma no end of good bill i mean um, yeah, I mean, and I said that's that's I mean, great. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well about the results from the week. But flipping back to the weekend, you know, just quickly about that Birmingham game, there was a couple of fundamental problems or errors in that game, don't you think? I mean, one of them was probably with the team selection. We're not sitting down there and we're not cussing the manager or anything like that or whatever went out. But there's probably a couple of things which probably he would look at and we would look at and say, mm, maybe that didn't work in our favour. One of them was actually Bidwell being at left or not being at left back. Yeah, yeah. That, that could have that could have called that could have lost us a point to be honest with you. Yeah, and the same with um Gray Gray starting. He, he looked tired. So um yeah, I, I, I think I thought it was a couple of couple of strange decisions there. But the it thing was, about but the thing about that is maybe that might have flipped in our favour because we we did flip it on Tuesday, didn't we? Yeah, it's um it's it's sort of difficult to explain what the differences were. The, the side I think Tuesday just looked a little bit. The setup was a little bit better. We had you know left footed. Bidwell comes back in. That's always a good thing for me. Um, but the main the main difference is for me was that we just moved the ball around quicker on Tuesday. It was like on Saturday we were taking an extra touch all the time, constantly an extra touch. Now I don't know if I mean I don't know, mate. The pitch wasn't great on Saturday, and I know both teams have got to play on it. But I just wonder, you know, the players get there, they look at the pitch, they all start chatting to each other, a little bit of confidence drops, and that maybe that's enough just for you know them not to ping the ball around the way they did on on um, Tuesday night. The only thing I would say about Saturday is it was really windy. Um, I hadn't realised. We were sitting in the stands and we were uh, sheltered from the wind. But when you got out, back out onto the street after the game, I hadn't realised quite how windy it was. And that did make a huge difference, I think, to the way we played. Uh, Tuesday night, we kept the ball much, much better. And by gone, Long was a relevant relevation was he not he was really good indeed i mean i mean long I mean, we talk about long who obviously long came in on tuesday in place of gray um talked about gray being tired i mean he's played 20 he's played nearly all of the games for brentford and uh he was replaced by long which surprised a few people but at the end of the day you know mark warburton proved his sort as a manager to actually kind of pull him out and he scored a couple of goals and he looked lively and also the way that he attacked the ball and the way that he went for those goals it was it was a real Coaching goal scorers' uh, efforts, both of them, weren't they? Yeah, I don't think we ought to um, sort of be shy in saying that Gray's tired. You know, it's not an insult to Gray; it's just a fact. You know, he's been leading nine pretty much on his own the whole season. It's, it, you know, he, he has put in a shift every week. He hasn't shirked. As Donaldson didn't shirk, Gray's not shirked. He he really has sweated blood for for us this year, and you you can only do it. You know, if you're the lone striker. And you you've got to, you know you are going to be marked, and he, he's up against very experienced defenders, and for him to hold that ball up with that upper body strength of his to 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 turn and to to to, to go to get through on goal and to to be running that that line um, for for ninety plus minutes every every week is going to take its toll. Um, and touch wood, unfortunately, he's not had any injuries whatsoever. And um, you know, I, I just I take my hat off to him. He, he he may not win the player of the season, but I don't think any other player in our team has put more effort in 
than he has. Um, and you know, if next season, hopefully with with better support um, and with a best, you know, with a slight, slightly, slightly better supply line sometimes, um, and him knowing knowing the division, or if we go up or whatever, you know, he, 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 he can only learn from this. So I don't think we also shy away from saying that he, he does need a rest. And it's not he doesn't need a rest because he's bad. He needs a rest because he, he's, he's, he's shagged. And, um, you know, um, I, I was just, I was, I was pleased to see that Long was eight, was, was strong enough because I, I thought, um, I, I, I didn't think he had the experience or the strength to, 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 to play that lone role. But, you know, what do I know? He, 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 he played it very well. That first goal he turned and found a brilliant finish. Um, and the second one, he just absolutely hammered it. I mean, if that, if the if there had been a net there, it would have taken someone's head off behind the goal. And it's interesting you say that about Gray as well because obviously he was dropped to the subs bench for the uh, for the for the Huddersfield game. So we came on with I can't remember probably twenty twenty five minutes to go. But I mean I haven't checked, but the last time I checked on the Besotted Man of the Match poll, which you get on Besotted.co.uk, he was actually leading the Man of the Match. So basically, it's almost like Gray's come on and done what we were expected to do at the beginning of the season, where he was going to be almost like a super sub who comes on and absolutely terrorises the opposition. So he's come on now and he's kind of done all his things and he's running around. And it's interesting because the fans obviously appreciate that because they've actually given him, it looks like, going to be the man of the match for that game. Dave, uh, Dave that's and Billy, that's, that's right. Uh, I don't think I was ever having a go at Andre Gray because I'm not, because I'm one of his great admirers. But the, the chance that he's... The, the impact that he made when he came on on Tuesday night was such running against tired defenders. Um, he could make some really good impacts coming on for the next couple of games and you'll probably bring him back for the really tough ones. He's our number one striker. He has proved to be our number one striker. He deserves all the plaudits going. He's definitely my man of the year so far for Brentford. And also we'll talk about this a little bit later, but Mick McCarthy, quite interestingly, and we'll, like I said, we'll talk about the Ipswich game, but he dropped... Murphy and put him to the bench for the Leeds game, which a lot of Lipswich fans were really confused about. And when he explained it in the press conference, he said, well, Brentford dropped their top man. So I sort of thought I'd do the same thing and save him for the game on Saturday. So it's interesting, like all these sort of mind games and they're sort of kind of second thinking what we did. And they, they, you know, they, they obviously knew that he was either tired or tactically we were doing such and such. And he thought he'd do exactly the same thing. So uh, people know the danger of Gray. The the difference is, um, Murphy comes back for Ipswich Saturday, but does Gray come back for Brentford after Long scores two goals? Who starts on Saturday? Well, that's a, that's a bit of a Birmingham question for you, though, isn't it? As in Birmingham, we, we kept, you know, after Birmingham, you know, Birmingham, we kept in uh, Bidwell and we kept in Terrell. You know, it's the same situation. What, what do we do? What would you do? Stick, stick or twist? I, um, would, I, would, I would start with Long on Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't think it's what you know. It's what what Warburton normally does. He, he normally does stick with players that don't don't deserve to be. I use the word dropped. I don't. I, you know, Gray wasn't dropped. He was just kind of rested. Um, you know, um, but I, yeah, long long will probably start. I, w- I would think in the same way that you know um, he's made a decision now on on, on uh, Tarky and um, Moore, and they, they'll 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 stick as well. So. Um, yeah, I, I imagine Gray will come off the bench and hopefully terrorise Ipswich just as he did against Huddersfield. I think I think playing long through the middle also gives us another option because I think potentially Gray can play on the right. He's done it a couple of times this season when um, a centre forward, another centre forwards come on. I think when maybe when Prosvitz came on, maybe in one game when Longs came on. But there is, I think, there's potential for to see Gray play on the right, not start the game, 
But if we're chasing the game or something like that, I think we can see both of them on the pitch. Here's a really radical thought. Why don't you start with both of them? Well, that, that that's my point. But it won't be both of them up. It won't be both of them playing through the middle up front. If we do, it'd be grey on the right. But that would be dropping hotter. That's not going to happen. It's a few people have said about two, playing two up front. And a couple of people said it on the besotted, you know, video, um, you know, during the Huddersfield game. Well, he's not going to do it, is he? No, no. Plan A is clearly one up front. He's not, he isn't going to play two. So we, we, we ought to probably just not waste our breath thinking about it. You know, and Absolutely. And, and we've think, got to where we are playing what up front. We, and we, I think, you know, we're in sixth place, five points off the top. And I think yeah, it's but we wouldn't, be fo- we wouldn't be football fans if we didn't speculate, <laughs> did we? Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and I think Ipswich will be playing two up front. I, I, I think, from what I can gather as well. So uh, be, you know, that'll be quite interesting to see who. Uh, we'll talk about the Ipswich game later because there's lots to talk about there. But other than the Ipswich figure, I know Laney just leaned on it a little bit. Just about these midweek results and the results and exactly where we are at the moment now because we were despondent after Birmingham thought it's all over. But all of a sudden, there's a couple of results that've gone our way. You know, and we're right back in the frame. And, you know, like I said, Norwich to lose, Ipswich to lose, Wolverhampton Wanderers to lose, um, Nottingham Forest to lose, which was actually quite a great as well. All of a sudden, it's just like, hold on a second here. Ball's back in our court. And at the end of the day, Saturday, a draw would be a decent result. If we get a win, we're right back in this one, aren't we? Hold on one cotton-picking minute, yeah. I I, I don't, I, my vibe um, at Birmingham wasn't, because well, we lost, it was all over. It's just it was the energy levels, and I thought, oh, it, 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 it's, we're starting to wane. And um, you know, it was. It, it, I thought it was an example of why we did need players to come in in the transfer window. And you know, um, I thought uh, it's, it's, this is this is this is a sign where it just you know a few performances in important areas. Jota didn't have any in, in it, an influential game, um, and it was just you know it was just a flat. It was a flat, and well, we've we've become to not expect that from Brentford. That you know, it's if if, but then to see what happened against Huddersfield, and to just realise now with twelve games to go, we haven't actually got to win too many more of those. How many do you reckon? I re- well, we got twelve. Well, I reckon if we win, draw, lose, win, draw, lose, win, draw, lose. For the rest of the, I know we don't draw, but if we were to win draw, lose, win draw for the rest of the season, it gives us another sixteen points, gives us seventy-seven points, and in the last three years, to seventy-seven points, seventy-seven points last year would have, we would have finished fifth. Seventy-seven points the year before, we would have finished third, and seventy-seven points in year eleven, twelve. Would have we would have finished fourth. So so what if we won? What if we win lose win lose? So we won games and lost games. So we still carrying on non drawing scenario, and we just get six twelve eighteen points because obviously we got home I'm games afraid, and away games. I'm afraid my mathematical modelling algorithm has not calculated that. <laughs> well, you're out the door, mate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it? Eighteen plus sixty seventy eight. What is that? Where does that put us then? 12, oh, 18 right? plus 79, 79. Oh, we're right up there. We're we in the league. 70, yeah. 70, well, I, okay, just literally 79 points going back. 79 points in 12 13 would have got us promoted automatically instead of Hull. And 79 points in any other year would have just been third or fourth. So, you know, we, we, we're gonna have to, we are going to have to rip up trees to get automatic. But. Mm-hmm. All of the other teams are playing each other. It's, this could be 
an historically high quality division, but an historically low championship winning points total. So, you know, I, I, I think if we can keep plugging away and just concentrating on our own, and, I, and, I, and that's something else I have to notice today, and I, and I only picked, I only caught a little bit um, of uh, Sky's coverage when they were talking about the championship midweek and the, the forthcoming fixtures. They refuse to mention us in any of it, almost. Not refuse, but we are completely off the radar. And that just yeah. so suits us. It so suits us. Which is good. And also, what's interesting, this game on Saturday, I mean, we use the term six-pointer. I mean, if there's a six-pointer or even a seven-pointer, as they say, as, as, as Harry's going to talk about later, because it's six points plus the goal difference, it's the big game for us. And before we were looking at Ipswich and we were looking at, you know, sorry, Norwich and we were looking at, you know, all the Watford. But now, actually, we're in the situation where we're playing the team who is basically our direct rival for this sixth place because it's between us and them at the moment now. Things could change, but we're playing them and it's it's it's, it's a key key game and whoever wins that game if anyone wins it psychologically is going to have a massive advantage i'll just say one more thing and you're right you know if if our if the if the level of our ambitions which it should be is sixth place and anything over that is kind of dreamland i'm not i'm not going to cap what we're capable of we are capable of automatic promotion because we are that good but you're right if, we, if we're going to look over our shoulder and just see who's who our competitors are for sick we want Ipswich and, and Wolves to lose as many as they can and you know and Ipswich's next fixtures you know they've got us Saturday then they've got Middlesbrough then they're at home to Bolton which I guess you know I guess that's the easiest fixture then they're away at Watford so they've got a rotten next four fixtures the other team that are dropping like a stone at the moment are Bournemouth and, um, you know, it ill behoves me to say as a Brentford fan, but um, Fulham could uh, help us out tomorrow night, on Friday night, by uh, pulling one over Bournemouth. Um, that would really put the cat amongst the pigeons, I reckon, if Fulham could get a result. Um, at, they're playing at home, aren't they? Um, you know, a few Bees fans might fancy going along and cheering on the Fulham team, but that would be no. really... Uh, that would be really, no. really... Yeah. I tell you, the interesting thing, though, you say that about Bournemouth, if you look at the, all the teams in the top eight, every team has lost one of their last two games, apart from Watford have won them both, and Bournemouth the, who have drawn and won. And that does show how these results are just flicking about all over the place. Because yeah. your perception is Bournemouth are the team that are, on, that are dropping like a stone, yet they've got, you know, the second best record in the last two games. I was listening to somebody on Radio 5 the other night who was describing uh, the championship actually as the most exciting league in Europe. And if you look around, I mean, you know, it knocks the socks off anything in the Premiership, Serie A, La Liga, you know, all those leagues are pretty much done and dusted by now. You know, if you really want to see competition, come and watch the championship. And I think that's indicative of the fact that I think, and again, don't quote me if I'm, I'm wrong here, but I, I saw somebody tweet a little thing where they were saying not too many Saturday games where I think a lot of those teams, not us though, of course, we've, we've got one TV game, which we're quite happy with because we like our three o'clockers, but a lot of the boroughs and the derbies and everything like that, they've either got sort of seven, uh, quarter to eight on a Friday night or they've got early on uh, Saturday games going on. So obviously TV's hooked in to realise that, you know, oh my word, we, we don't know who quite to focus on because there's, you know, there's eight teams here. Could actually kind of be doing the business. And I think TV's done us another favour because Ipswich played Sunday, which meant they played Wednesday, which means they got 24 hours less to prepare for Saturday. That's right. And uh, Mick McCarthy, again, he wasn't too happy. And that's, a, that's part of the reason why apparently he, he rested um, Murphy 
Um, the reason part of the rest of them because he knew that you know they'll be getting back. They got back at two thirty in the morning on uh, Thursday morning. They obviously didn't train on the Thursday. Probably done a little bit of light training uh, tomorrow, which is on the Friday. Um, got the game on the Saturday, so he realised it was a shorter gap than what we had as well. So you know, there's a psychological thing and there's a physical thing and there's all sorts of stuff. So yes, TV has done us a favour. Not saying it's it's right, but you know, you know, you've got to go with it if it's if it's there. That'll really show people that, you know, little old Brentford, because that's what they're doing. Uh, TV sort of had written us off when they were deciding the TV fixture as well. Sodom. I think a couple of the uh, Ipswich players be playing in neck braces as well on, uh, on Saturday because they used to strain their neck at Norwich with them looking up, looking at the ball being punted up in the sky. They, they've, they, they've changed their style quite a lot from when they played us uh, on Boxing Day. But listen, we'll come on to that. But, you know... Interesting, we're talking about Ipswich. Uh, I heard you talking about um, Fulham as well a bit earlier, Matt. And we said you were talking about Fulham doing us a favour on Friday. Uh, but also, oh, that was a nick, actually. Oh, we were all talking about it because we all want the favour to happen. But um, fr- uh, the tickets for Fulham have gone on sale. Oh, they're going on sale on Monday. They've given us 4,000 tickets, if you don't know, out there. And an extra 1,000 if we need it. So it's 5,000 tickets. So, of course, we sort of have actually put the request that we do for once, the thing that will make everybody happy, sell singing tickets from the back, sell the other tickets. I wouldn't say non-singing because it doesn't mean that you don't have to sing, sing if you'd want to. But people don't necessarily like to be among the sort of more boisterous fans. So if you want to be away from the boisterous fans, sit, um, sell it from the bottom. So what you do is that eventually they'll meet in the middle and it doesn't seem like common sense to me. You know, that's just the thing that we should do. So we put the request in there. It's been flying around Twitter today and uh, Mark Devlin says that they will look into it. But to me, there's been so many problems with fans who are not happy with other people singing and doing all sorts of stuff. And I know you're not allowed to stand, but some grounds are happy with it. Other grounds are not happy. Let's just separate the two people and they can enjoy the game in peace. And this will be the easiest way to do it. I think the bottom line is, 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 is we're not trying to create a problem here. The bottom line is we are trying to do all we can to create the best possible atmosphere to get behind the team. Um, and to do that, it's better to have all the people that want to sing together. It, it gives the best advantage. Um, we, our away support has been absolutely phenomenal. Once again, we're taking 2,000 again to away game on Saturday. You know, we have been fantastic on the road. Um, and you know, really, it's not. It's not. It's not about making life difficult for anyone. It's being. It's it's using the best tools to get behind the team. So you know, Mark Warburton should be back in the call. I, I'd say, and and the players should be back in the call, just so we can get as many people getting behind them. And that's all we want. We want to. If we're, if we're going to travel all the way to Ipswich, you know. Coach, coaches as train replacements, spending God knows what it costs on the train, God knows what it costs to get in, now day out. You know, we want to give ourselves the best chance of coming home happy with a win. And I, and I think that's what needs to be remembered in, and underlined here. We are doing it for the team and the, the club have, should want to help us as much as they possibly can. It seems like a no-brainer to me because it is about getting behind the t- team. Um there may be some arguments about how the website would work and stuff, but I'm sure they could sell two different types of tickets. One says singing, one says non-singing, whatever. Um, and just you pick which one you want. I can't believe it's that difficult. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Why on earth can we not see a seating plan? You know, every club must have a seating plan. It must be provided for health and safety reasons to the football authorities. And, you know, it cannot be 
beyond the wit of man to sell from the back for the singers and from the front for the others. But, you know, when is football going to grow up into the 21st century? I think I think it's, 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 it should be you know as easy as that. You know whether seating plan or not. As soon as you get a bunch of tickets, you 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 look at them. You, they look at the seating plan. They put two piles, which is front and back. And when they ring, when you ring up and or you go online, it just says front or back. You shouldn't say singing, non-singing. You you everyone should know that if you want to go at the back, it, you're not expected to sing. But if you if you're that way inclined, you can do so. And anyone else. We don't want to, what we don't want to do is put fan against fan. Oh, I don't want to sing. Well, don't, you don't have to sing. You know, you don't, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And we're not going to turn on people that don't want to. It's not, it's not like good fan, bad fan. It's, it's, it's those that want to do that or all together. And those that don't want to do that can have a picnic down the front. And that, and also that would create a le- much less, because there is a, for me, there's a bit of a stressful environment as everybody, some people take their seat, some people, and I find it all a bit stressful on um, some on some of the away days, so it would take the stress out of it completely. That'd be brilliant. The other thing, as Nick said, though, in terms of a seating plan, I don't know whether everyone uses the same um, company to sell tickets, but I'm sure more than one club. I'm sure there are a number of clubs that do use the same company, and it therefore can't be very difficult at all to import a seating plan in that in that scenario. Whether Fulham do or not, I don't know. Right. Well, hopefully we'll get an update on that very soon. But um positive at least that the club said that they're going to look into it so uh watch this space as they say a few other bits and pieces as well it's interesting there's a little bit of a news piece that went in today i don't know if the story was doctored a little but the, i think the headline was uh, warburton and benham may reach a compromise right now again i don't know if they're just longing out this story because we just want to put this to bed now and just carry on with what we're doing i mean at the end of the day you know, they said that uh, Warburton said that he's no open to ideas and you never know what might happen at the end of the season. But, you know, it's just interesting that people are still throwing uh, these ideas out there that they've split apart and they might come back together. At the end of the day, it's football. And uh, you never know what, what might happen. We might win the next 12 games and conversations be had and, you know, things may happen. So uh, it's an interesting headline. But, you know, Nick, I mean, your thoughts? Where I come from, uh, you should never say never. And that's exactly what Warburton just said. Um, a journalist has taken that and has um, written the story up loud with uh, large headlines. But Warburton is exactly right. You should never say never. Never rule anything out. Anything could happen. Um, Warburton could suddenly change his mind. Benham could change his mind. The sky could turn black one day. The sky could turn green another day. Never say never in football. And I remain never to be surprised by what might happen in football. So, you know, there may be some truth in this. There may not be some truth. We could speculate from now until the end of November. We still won't know the result. Or we will know that somebody will be managing or, sorry, be the head coach of our team when the pre-season starts in July. I think we can speculate. Not between now and November. I think it'd be sorted out before then. But um, um, I, 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 I wish I hadn't written it. To be honest, I just I, I, I thought we parked that one. To be fair, and I, I just thought we've got we had we had yeah. cl- all the clarity we need and all the clarity we can kind of expect. Um, it's this kind of you know yeah you, you're absolutely right. Never say never, and anything could happen and can happen, and, and anything will happen. But just kind of can we just kind of let that happen when it when it does happen? You know, it's nothing we can do as either fans now to influence this. It's, it's, it's down to these two people to 
to, to sort out the difference if it does happen. You know, I thought we just got back to concentrating on the matter in hand, which was trying to win games. And the, the players have proved that they're, they're capable of doing it and they're up for it. And, and, and promotion stroke playoffs is, is, a, is, a, is a reality. I, I, I just don't think it does anyone any, 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 any good to open this up again, to be honest with you. It's just a headline that might have got some hits on, you know, you might have got on a few few thousand hits and, you know, we don't want to be writing stories just to do that. And talking about clarity, more. He talks about the fact that his Leicester future is uncertain. I mean, what do you think about that? I was uh, I was really impressed by Moore um, and I think that uh, he fits in very well. Uh, I thought he and Taki on Saturday were, were excellent. Um despite the result, um, and Tuesday night, absolutely solid. The thing I really like about Moore is that when he requires, he just boots the ball into row Z. And sometimes if you're a centre-back, however quality a centre-back you are, that's what you need to do. And I was impressed by the way he did it. I thought Saturday, um, understandably, um, he, he, he wasn't... He wasn't rock solid um but uh, this this tuesday night i i, I thought him and Taki were absolutely brilliant together yeah now they obviously they had a couple more days getting to know each other and this, the, the the amount of time they they actually foraged forward they 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 had the confidence uh, and the ability to to, to go off on, on quite, quite mazy runs a couple of times and you know i know that's not quite what's expected of them but um, it really does relieve the pressure, and it, it does it does it does make um, the opponents kind of think twice about trying to play fancy football around them, because they they got the strength to get the tackling, and then they they just go they're going for the jugular. The the the, the response between defending and getting that ball forward and attacking is 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 really breathtaking. And I thought you're right. You know what what we said, um, the, the 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 speed of the passing. The, the tempo of the game, the 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 width of the pitch again, we, because we because we had um we had Dallas in a, in a more forward role um and Jota coming in um and I thought I thought Odebagio looked a little bit more direct as well on Tuesday. He, he seemed to in re- recent weeks he almost seemed reluctant to come past the halfway line, and on, on Tuesday he seemed to have been given that freedom. So whether he's more comfortable with um, the, the centre backs drop, dropping in, um, to, in, in, in into the into the hole, if he does come forward, I, I, maybe that maybe that's another sign. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. I, I don't know, but I, I thought we looked another class above where we where we have been. And again, I'm not knocking those two players that have made way because I you know, but. I think more has been a, a very positive addition at the right time. And, you know, we'll see what we do against Ipswich. Again, the Ipswich boys were a little bit nervous of him coming into our side. You know, they thought that was a very tactical move by us to, to actually bring him on board. So that's kind of great. You know, just, just one other thing I want to talk about. That's just going around and sort of a little bit more fun. I don't know if you saw there was that survey, the survey which put Brentford, all oh, the second best, was it the second best London club behind Fulham? And uh, Chelsea and Millwall were the worst in London, you know, just from vibes. I mean, they, they got a sort of vibeometer and just got people's vibes on fans and stuff like that. And that's, that's what they thought. But Nick, you've got something to say about that, didn't you? I take a bit of a contrary view to that, that survey, actually. I think that it was patronising of Brentford fans. And that's what I'm a bit worried about is there are still... And the, the, the Evening Standard, um, which is the classic of this, it patronises us, Brentford. 
Um, and I'm getting a bit fed up with it, of fans saying, nice little old Brentford. I love Brentford because we've got the um, pubs on all four corners. I like Brentford because they're you know friendly club. Brentford are a very successful championship club. And in some way, I'd like to lose a bit of our nice, friendly old Brentford and get a bit of the grrr going, you know. Not, yeah. not into the Millwall-Chelsea bit, but, you know, but, you know let's be recognised for what we are, which is a bloody good football club, not being patronised. What are you up to? You know, do you want to nick a few shopping trolleys and away games? Or... Uh, I probably want to bug first class on a train home. But listen, anyway, other than that, yeah, we just thought we'd talk about that. But listen... Good week has been it, but we're going to have a look ahead to this game at the weekend. Very important game. We are playing the Ipswich. The Ipswich, they were up there. They were voted the best team we had played when we played them in December. All season, we thought these lot, they are unbeatable. They're brilliant. But they have had a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a falter. And uh, they're playing us. And then one place below us in seventh place, we're sixth. And they're, I could tell you this for now, they're very nervous of the bees coming down to Portman Road. We've got Harry from TWTD. That's Those Were The Days blog. Excellent Ipswich blog. Let's have a listen to see what Harry has got to say about Ipswich and about the game at the weekend. So, big game at the weekend, all the way up to Ipswich. Big six-pointer. Bees fans a bit nervous now. We didn't think we are going to be in this position. We thought we might have stuffed it a few weeks back, but no, game on. And Ipswich also had a couple of games this week. Hasn't gone quite according to plan, so we thought we we're going to take a, a little trip up to, well, across to Bath, actually, just to confuse people, to speak to Harry from Bath, or Harry Wainwright from TWTD. Those were the days, Ipswich blog. He's going to tell us a little bit more about Ipswich. Harry, how are you doing? Good to talk to you, Billy. Yes, so... Um, Hasn't been a particularly great seven days for you, has it? I mean, you had the Norwich game at the weekend. That's right. Um, and then you also had the Leeds game um, a couple of days ago. I mean, what's, what's gone wrong? Pear-shaped is a good word, I think. Um, the, in the league, I don't know, so many games are decided by very small margins. And we've got into the really frustrating habit of falling on the wrong side of these margins. And this week really summed it up in many ways. I mean, the Norwich fan came on our site at the weekend. It was a really kind one. We got we we a fair few wind-up merchants, but this chap came on and he, he was said to have stopped being so downbeat on our team because he said it was a very even game. There was one big moment in the, in the derby when um, Ruddy saved from Sears, and if that had gone in, the pattern of the game would have been very, very different. And um, But once they got a goal ahead, then with Bradley Johnson, it was a really good goal. Then we were suddenly up against it and we, we couldn't find a way back. Um, very, very frustrating. And I think, Mick, after the game, we're kind of bordering between frustration and anger, I think. But some of the fans have, are really cross. But um, I think it's more, it, it's it's difficult to... We need to hold our nerve and it's important to keep perspective because we're still all in this mad eight horse race, you know, for, you know, with, with three prizes on offer. Um, so we, we do need to, we do need to keep our nerve. Leeds was more difficult. They played, um, a back four, which was, um, very strong in the air. And the two wide players they played were essentially wing backs. Um, they're normally center, they're normally full backs. And um, we, they, and the average age of the midfield was 21. They were kind of young, peppery midfield. Who was um, that? You or you or Leeds? Leeds. This was Leeds. Ah. Sorry, Billy. This was Leeds. Yeah. Um, and uh, Leeds, they played a, as I say, this peppery 
um, midfield and it was a fairly even game. We could have, easy, again, like Norwich, we could have quite easily got something out of it. But um, they got, we gifted them a goal, and, we, and then they kindly um, gifted us one back, actually. Yeah. Um, but then we let, you know, you, you leave Billy Sharp in the box unmarked, and you're asking for trouble. And they yeah. went two one ahead, and then, in a way, Murphy's penalty miss with five minutes to go summed up the kind of the the, the, the false dawn that we see, we feel that we're having at the moment. And um, we don't seem to be able to hold it together at the end of games. And Because um, it's in. interesting, you know, you were talking about Murphy there as well, because um, I think a lot of people are quite surprised, because first of all, they're surprised that Murphy was actually on the bench in the Leeds game, because obviously, yeah. you know, he's one of your top players, a top scorers. Yeah. And also, um, they were quite surprised that he came off the bench to take that penalty as well, weren't they? It's odd. Um, he, he's not, I think McGoldrick's been our normal penalty taker, but Murph, I, I, Mick was, and I think Mick went up to Leeds to play for a draw. I think the idea was get a draw, point in your pocket, move on, get, and get back. He was very mindful of the Brentford game, and Murphy and Sears were arrested for Brentford. And he said, he said it in the post-match interview, they will both start. And so he put out Varney and Wood, who did a good job. Varney's a real Mick-type striker. He runs around a lot, lots of hard work, occupies defenders, not necessarily a great goal scorer. Um, but um, the idea was that he would hold hopefully hold um, the other two in reserve for what what is obviously a much bigger game but obviously it didn't it didn't work and we, you know serious when you know we, we it became plan b when the two of them went on i think he would have ideally not liked to play them and um, we all when the penalty came i think we all held our breath because we weren't we weren't we weren't certain yeah and I think also um, Mick McCarthy was absolutely, I mean, normally he's pretty measured. I mean, he says what he thinks, but he was after the match. He was swearing and all sorts about that game because yeah. he thought you, he thought he should have won it, you know. Yeah. Up, right. Mick, Mick, Mick tells it like it is. If we've, if we've burgled a win, we've done a few of those in the past, we all do, you can smash and grab raids, he will say so. If he thinks we've played well and deserved something out of the game and we didn't get anything, he will also say so. And there's been a fair few of those lately. As I say, there is real frustration because of that. Um, and I think as well, he was mindful of the fact that um, Brentford have played a day earlier. And we back getting back down to Suffolk, you're looking at a 2 o'clock in the morning return. So with a day less rest. So not the ideal preparation to go into what I think one of your supporters on one of the, on one of the, on, the, on one of the Brentford websites described as a seven pointer with goal difference thrown in. That's true. So I mean, your team at the moment now, you, you know, you've got injuries to Coldrick, um, Noel, Stephen Hunt, Ambrose. You've got Bishop yeah. out. You've got Higham. I mean, you've been pretty decimated by injuries as well. Yeah, I mean, how much? How much has it affected you? Do you it think? has affected us, and no, and no question about it. Particularly, I think McGoldrick has missed up front because he is not fast. We all know that, um, but he is intelligent. He finds space. He moves around. He's he's he causes defenders problems. He drops off. He can read the game brilliantly, and he has been struggling for form. But um, he, he is a big loss. No, no question. Um, Sears, to be fair, has brought pace into the attack, which we didn't have. So and that, that that kind of covers the, the the front. I think you know Sears and Murphy in theory are clicking, and they are a really good natural front too. Midfield is more of a problem. We lack um, when with, without Bishop, we lack anybody to give us a spark. One of the Norwich fans said after the game that we were very one-dimensional in midfield, and I think that's very true. And a lot of the kind of the sort of some I think Derby and Bournemouth fans described it as hoofball, um, you know this very direct football. They were very uncharitable about it, but sometimes we we, we resort to that because we haven't got the imagination to unlock a midfield going up through the centre. Um, so Bishop is missed. I think Haim is missed as well because Haim is very good at breaking up play. He's very good at 
he, he whereas excuse is very good as a a kind of almost like a makalele type of just kind of screening and reading and picking the ball off, linking it to another player. We don't have, it's a bit like, um, um, we, we don't, excuse, he wouldn't be like, um, it's a Tumani you have who is able to bomb yeah. forward. We don't have a midfielder who can do that for us at the moment. Yeah. And um, he's, but, so that's, that's causing us a problem. Um, I think Stephen Hunt is missed as much for his personality as anything else because we don't have anyone again on the field we had Johnny Williams last year and early this year from Crystal Palace the little Welsh wizard and he was great because he was peppery again he lifted the team he was he, he his personality kind of gave galvanized everybody and we all kind of went oh hang on we can get something out of this rather than hanging on at the end of games so it, it's it's lots of little weaknesses plus we lack any natural width our one natural winger on the right, Paul Anderson, is hit and miss at the moment. On the left, we have Cameron um, Stewart, and he hasn't featured at all. So, for whatever reason, he's kind of he's kind of a missing man. So, um, we, we, Tyrone Mings, it'll be interesting to see because the only looking at Brentford from a Ipswich point of view, I wonder if Moses at right back is feeling the effects of a really long season, and I'm thinking. The one area where we could possibly make some headway is if we can get Tyrone Mings on an overlap and do something on that side. You mentioned Tyrone Mings, and I mean, Tyrone Mings obviously came off the back. He had a fairly decent game down at Christian Park, as a lot of you did. And yeah. he also um, he also had a lot of hype about him, about Arsenal, and there's this whole thing about Tyrone Mings. You know, I think he was bought for 10 grand, and, you know, he might go Arsenal for millions and millions and millions. But, you know, from what I can gather, you know, he's not been totally on the money the last few weeks either, has he? Tyrone's interesting. I think in the first half of the season, he was an unknown quantity for a lot of players. And there was one memorable moment when um, he came... I remember Clayton Donaldson, I went to the Birmingham game up at St. Andrews. Donaldson comes hammering down the wing. And Tyrone, one thing Tyrone can do like nobody else is he can tackle. And we all knew what was coming. Wham! The ball flies into um, into the advertising hoardings. Donaldson goes flying crisp clean tackle we win the throw in and you see Clayton Donaldson jogging back glancing over his shoulder thinking who on earth is he now Tyrone had six months of doing that and I think what he's now up against is the fact that rather than being seen as a weakness which teams can attack he is now being seen as a problem that needs to be addressed so when we played um, Brighton away um, Chris Hewton was very clever and he put two right backs on the on 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 uh, on the left on, on the equivalent of our left flank to to double up on him so that any time he did one of these overlapping runs he was he just wasn't getting any space so it was one of those lovely cat and mouse games but he's 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 now being seen as a threat and he's got to the question now for him as it is for a lot of players is how does he reinvent his game to deal with the fact that he won't be getting the you know he can't you know he's no longer a surprise package as it were um he's he's but he is a very talented player he he does offer us probably one of our best wide options he can get around the back of full backs and that as i say we could have an opportunity if if moses i looking at the brentford team with a cold eye i wonder if adabajo's feeling the effects of a long season and Hota isn't protecting him, or Jota isn't protecting him, we might be able to get, 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 see, see an opportunity there. But that's really about the strength of us. That, that's probably one of our biggest threats out wide at the moment, I'm afraid. And that's interesting. And also, I mean, you're you know, a big stat man. If you actually read TWTD website, Wicked website, and uh, Harry does a little blog there where he actually gives some unbelievable stats on each team and everything like that, you will have your blog up for the Brentford game. I think it'll probably be up by Friday afternoon, so check that out. But you've done your research on us. Just, I'm just interested to see what you what you know and what you think about the Brentford team. 
There's a contrast between Brentford and Bournemouth. Bournemouth are patterns of play, interpassing, slick um, uh, movement and darting runs. Whereas I think Brentford, for me, it's more about energy and passion. Brentford go for teams. And we saw that in the second half at the Boxing Day match, when we were, even though we were, when we were, um, what was it, 3-0 up in the second half, there was this fury that came at us, and it was impressive. And where, but it wasn't as geometrical as as it was as um, as Bournemouth. It was to me, it was it was more fire and passion and energy, and you just blow team, you just over, you literally overrun teams. And from the highlights I saw from the, the Huddersfield match, the, the, the kind of you, you, managed, you seemed to have whipped up another gale. <laughs> you were like whirling dervishes, I think is how I described it in my match report. That's what that, that's, that, I can see how you can steamroll teams. We're pretty well set up to deal with that. Um, but um, in that we can, we, nobody has blown us away this year. We've managed to more than, we can stand toe-to-toe. Nobody, we've never walked off a game and thought, blimey, we've just been thumped this year. We, we, we don't allow that to happen. The thing that, looking at, at Brentford now, I think you've been very clever in your, sh- your, your January shopping. I know a few fans have been saying we possibly could have done a little bit more, but you've bought very selectively. And um, just looking at the um, uh, Liam Moore and Chris Long who've come in, rather than bringing in a whole heap of players, just bringing in two clever players to strengthen the squads in key positions. And I know, I think Liam Moore's taken a little while to bed in, or a couple of games, but that's what you'd expect. But I can see him doing a really good job. And I think particularly up front, Long will give Andre Gray a break, because I think it's not just the physical demands of the league, it's the psychological demands. And I think Mick was hoping that Wood and Chris Wood would do the same thing with um, with Daryl Murphy. Um, but I do think, I think Brentford, I think Warburton has, you've bought very cleverly. Um, and um, I think without disrupting the balance of the team. Um, I'd, and in that sense, we, we are nervous. There are threats all over. I think we won't see the repeat. I'd be amazed if we see the repeat of the mistake against Blackpool, or against Birmingham, I should say, when Bidwell was uh, um, was dropped. And who was no. it? Was, uh, it was uh, no. Stuart Dallas was played at left back. That is not going to happen. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. I think he will keep it. I think Warburton will keep it very safe on that flank. No question. Yeah. He will, because it, it seems to work really well. Dallas gets back and helps Bidwell. They seem to have a really good, a good, a good relationship. And the same in midfield where... Um, where Tumani, they, you know, he, he's, he's given permission by his fellow teammates. He can bomb forward and, you know, cause a, cause, cause a problem. I'm not sure about the shooting, though. I gather that, that seems to have something, that seems to be something in Brentford folklore at the moment. But, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see as well, because Tumani, yeah, Diego, um, as you can see, number 20 in the middle, um, hasn't scored for two years, and the, the chant goes, if Tumani scores, we're on the pitch. Tumani scores, we're on the pitch. And literally, if he gets the ball in his own, the Brentford penalty area, if he gets the ball then, all the Brentford fans will go, shoot! Ah. Shoot, you see. So, you know, shoot from here, it's hilarious. So he almost, he actually had a shot on Tuesday against uh, against Huddersfield. He had a shot, and I think it got blocked, or the keeper might have even saved it, and literally yeah. you could feel the whole terrace was just ready, the rumble yeah, but- was there, and you could see they were shifting towards the, the edge of the is your defence to, to jump over? <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it sounds like it'll be one of those "Were you there when?" moments. You know, it's, it's uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing it, definitely. Nothing. We're going to get the t-shirts all pressed up. Listen, yeah. but anyway, listen. This promotion race is very exciting. I mean, there's only six points between seventh place, which is where you are, and the top um, yeah. position, which is you know, which is really exciting. I mean, obviously. You initially, you know, were looking at a top two place, but now it looks like, even though there's that gap there, which is not that big, you're looking to sort of try and keep yourselves in the playoffs now. Yeah. Um, is that is that right? Is that realistic? I think so now. I think expectations are 
have been dampened. Um, I'm not even sure what expectations were. I think the plan was just to let's just keep just keeping the hunt and let's see where we were going. We had a run of eminently winnable games um, from January through February into, up, to, up to now. Um, after we played Derby, we really haven't played any of the top teams, and so therefore the hope was that we would have actually we, we could have bombed ahead. And but but that simply hasn't happened. We've now got a run of games that really is not pretty. We've got to play apart from yourselves. We've got Watford coming up. We've got Bournemouth coming up. We've got um, we've got the, we've got Norwich out of the way. We've got who else? Have we got we've got to play Borough as well. Yeah. So these, these are all coming. These are all going to come hard and fast in the next um, in the next few weeks. So you know, mo- moment of truth. I've no idea where we will end up. Um, but no, who realistically do you think is the threat? You know, I mean, look at that, that top two place, maybe the playoff place. Who, who do you think is the threat, and who do you think may may bottom out? Uh, um, it's hard to say. Um, I would see us more like playoffs rather than top two now. Every team has kryptonite. Every team has a weakness somewhere. Like Derby have just lost their two strikers. Um, Bournemouth, I think, the question mark I'd have over them is actually their defence. Hedy House said the other day that, you know, we're not taking enough of our chances. Look at all our possession. I don't think their problem is scoring goals. I think their problem is at the other end. They can be got. They can be got at. Um, so, but, but, but again, they are very dangerous. Um, Norwich, I'm, we're still not sure about. Um, the way they've gone on that run has really... We're not sure. Is it a mirage? Is or, they, they play very intense, in-your-face football. On the subject of Norwich, I have to say a huge thank you to all the Brentford fans who sang up with the Ipswich. We're going up with the Ipswich at Carrow Road. That was so well received. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Well, but, I have to I have to say we had an absolutely fantastic time at Carrow Road. <laughs> you must have heard the fact that it all kicked off because they charged us £35. I know they charge you more, but for yeah. us that's unheard of. I mean, £35 to a football match or a league match in the yeah. Championship is ridiculous. So we had a big yeah. campaign. We had a podcast because CEO involved. It was all over the place. And then when we sat there, we were actually singing most of the games, 35 quid, you're going to laugh. Carrowood was silent. I mean, I mean, I'm not being funny, but I don't know if they actually get behind their team at all, but they didn't that day. Yeah. And uh, and it was, it was we had a, a really fantastic day out. I mean, to be fair, their pubs before and after the game were good laugh. But yeah. we did have a good day out. And the other thing I would say is on the pitch, we hammered them. We Brilliant. absolutely battered them. Fair play, and they even turned around and said that we were the best team that had come down the Carrow Road that season. Brilliant. And uh, and also, um, they were playing, <laughs> they didn't like this too much, but they were also playing hoofball, so they, they, they couldn't get behind us, and they couldn't play in the midfield, so they ended up just trying to hoof it up to the man up front, and it just wasn't working for them. And uh, when we reminded them they were playing hoofball, they didn't really, uh, they didn't take that too well. You know, mm. so uh, I know they were calling you guys hoofball, but I think you should just maybe remind them of that uh, that, that perfect game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we are frightened actually, Billy, that we could. The, we, the, the, I think the real fear we have is that we could meet them in the playoffs, and we yeah. we we don't want that. Uh, oh dear! No. But you know, we no, could talk. We, we we could you know get, get Ipswich fans on the subject of Norwich, and we could, we could go all day. Uh, that's right. Uh, well, listen, Saturday, yeah. big game. Yeah, it can um, blow the promotion race wide open. Yeah. Do you think you can get a result? Um. Yes, anything is possible. We're back to tiny margins again. Um, I think there will be goals in it because I think both teams will play open. Um, Brentford will certainly if one go if we were to go a goal up, Brentford aren't going to sit back and quietly claw their way back into it. They, you know, they the whirling dervishes will come out pretty quickly, and you will go for it. No question at all about that. Um, I have a theory it could be the first draw Brentford have had since when is it October? Something like that. October, that, yeah. that. That wouldn't surprise me, but it will be back down to the small margins again. Tiredness will affect us. I've no que- I've no doubts about that. There is a possibility there could be a backlash um, because 
we've you know there, there is a lot of frustration. I think yeah. not just with the with the fans, but obviously you know, you've heard Mick with the interview, yeah. and I think with the players as well. They all know that we feel this is an opportunity not to be not to let slip through our fingers. But then all of the eight teams could say that. Okay. I, I think it's a prediction. Gosh, yeah. um, I would I would say a two all draw myself. Okay. That would uh, all things being equal, but it could easily be two one either way. Yes, it could be, and I mean, I think a two-all draw would actually suit us quite nicely. And I think with the, the run of matches you've got against all those top teams, you'd be probably looking really to get three points out of this one. We'd, yeah, I think that's it's one of those things where you look back at the end of the season and think, right, where did, where where were the points lost? And you know, that could be the difference. That the, the, back to the small margins, that could be the thing that just tips us over into a higher playoff position or even into the playoffs at the moment. Yeah, no, that's right. But listen, Harry, it's been great chatting to you and get a little bit of insight as to what's happening with Ipswich. Um, no doubt we'll catch up with you on Saturday. So fingers Brilliant. crossed, and you know we'll have a little touch base after the game to see whether or not your two-all prediction was right. Or whether or not one of us is going to be hopping and jumping on the spot, like, you know. <laughs> look, really right, look forward to it, Billy. So that was Harry from TWTD, and he is the stat man. He'd checked out all the stats. He knows exactly what's going on, and he's gone for the draw. He's hoping he'll get the draw. Things will go either way, but he's nervous about Brentford, and he's nervous about our ability to to attack and to get behind them because. Uh, their midfield, he just said, is pretty average at the moment now. This is sounding quite promising. We don't want to get too, we don't want to get too sort of kind of relaxed about this because we know it's going to be still a difficult game. But from what you've heard, there's there's a lot of positive things about this Ipswich game. The fact that they've got so many injuries for a start, I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, they've got you know obviously McGoldrick's out. He's been out for uh, he's been out for a while. Uh, McGoldrick. Now, how long he's going to be out for? They said he's going to come back for the Borough game, which is the week after our game. But you know what's going to happen. He'll probably pop up on Saturday, either on the bench or he'll probably pop up in the team. Um, uh, McCarthy's been very, very, very secretive about that one. Noel Hunt's out. Stephen Hunt's out. Ambrose is out. Bishop's out. Hyam's out. They're all out, like you know. So, you know, what they're saying is that their midfield hasn't got much creativity. So they've had to resort to actually kind of playing it long if they have to. And as we saw in the, in the Norwich game, that didn't work too well for them. And um, even up at Leeds, you know, they're playing sort of quite direct. But this potentially could play into our hands, couldn't it? I looks like they're going to bring Paul Mariner back on uh, on Saturday and John Walk. Um, they're, 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 they're struggling. Um, they they taught us. I'm a bit. I'm a bit. I'm a little bit worried about Ipswich. They 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 taught us. They did teach us a lesson at our place on Boxing Day. I thought. Um, and McCarthy's got it in him. When he when he, he seems to be, he's a really good tactician. And we said this in the build up to the uh, the uh, the Ipswich game where um, the sausage supplied everyone with a pint of beer after that game as well. We did. We did, didn't we? Yeah, we, yeah. We, won't, we won't be doing it on Saturday. But <laughs> um, if anyone wants to buy us a pint of beer, do feel free. We'll be um, in the Greyhound pub, by the way, the won't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, full and orderly queue at the bar, won't you? Um, but, you know, I, he, he's, he's capable of, 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 when he puts his mind to it, to out, uh, out sort of uh, tack out tacticing us, but um, I think yeah, as you as you just highlighted, Bill, he's he's got he's got lots of injury worries, and um, we just got to go there and be on the front foot. We just if we, if we can if we can match those energy levels on uh, as we did on Tuesday, and and give them give them problems, you know, and hopefully the players will want to uh, you know um, pay 
pay something, pay them, you know, pay them that, the compliment of going there and winning four two. Um, and then I'll be honest with you, those two Sam Saunders goals that we got, they were kind of a little bit kind of they they actually flattered the scoreline flattered us in the end. We only lost by two on the day. It could have it could have been four nil or four one. So uh, you know, um, we we got we got some revenge revenge to pay. Do you think we? Do you think we can? Think we, you know, what do you think, Bill? Do you think we can go there and do a job? I feel a lot more confident after seeing them play on on uh, Sunday against Norwich, where I thought that they looked very poor, and I just think that we're we're very much back in the game. I'd really echo you on that one, Billy, because um, I think they were poor on Sunday, um, and from descriptions and reading the uh, reports on their game against Leeds on Tuesday, Wednesday night, they didn't seem that much better either. Um, and I reckon McCarthy will give them a bit of a kick up the rocket. Uh, sorry, a rocket up their backsides um, after those two performances. Um, Sears, Freddie Sears, though, he's a real threat. Um, and I'm surprised that um, he hasn't been um, on that sharp a scoring form recently. You say that, but did you, did you see his goal? I mean, it was actually almost lobbed into his net by the goalkeeper, to be fair. Yeah, 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 no. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm just worried is that Sears is one of those players who will come good and hopefully he won't come good this Saturday. I think, I think they're trying to use Sears to replace McGoldrick at the moment because they, they need a link into Murphy in some way. Otherwise, they go long. Um, I think McGoldrick is kind of the guy that makes them tick. But it's weird. When you speak to some of their supporters about him, a lot of them say he's a bit lazy and he does sort of around a bit. But I think he's the guy that just gives them a little bit of class on the pitch. Um, although it looks like he's not going to be playing, which I don't think is a bad thing. Let's fingers crossed on that one. I wouldn't yeah. say I wouldn't say the missing link too loudly in Ipswich, Matt. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean they're talking about McGoldrick. I mean it's interesting again. I think beforehand, a few weeks, there were a lot of people that were sort of casting McGoldrick a little bit because maybe he was slightly off the ball to what he was normally. But now that he's not playing, they actually realise what they're missing. And like I said to you, they're missing this creativity. Someone who actually picks the ball up in midfield and actually does things creative, you know, creatively. So, you know, I think that's quite interesting that you know that this guy is um that he's missing and I think it's positive for us. But the thing about it is also is that, um, you know, they talked about Tyrone Mings as well and the fact that Tyrone Mings could actually kind of give um, Odebarju a few problems down that wing if Odebarju is not the money and he hasn't got the backup. So, you know, there's still a few, you know, things that we need to watch out with Ipswich because they're not up the top of the league for no reason at all. Let's hope Hotter can pin him back. That that would be the best thing is to fight fire with fire against Mings and just get Hotter to, to, to attack him every opportunity. The thing that surprised me about Ipswich watching him on Sunday against Norwich was how slow they were because I have every recollection on, on Boxing Day they were really fast against us um, and they seem to have lost a great deal of pace in the intervening months. I just wonder if Mick sort of maybe just have run out of ideas a little bit because uh, they've gone back to playing the way Ireland used to play under Mick. You know, two well, one big bloke up front. could be two if they um, put Wood on as well and just lump it out. They're not the team that they were when we played them. And like I said to you, apparently that's the best game that they've played in a very, very long time. So whether or not they upped their game for us, whether or not they did their homework for us, you know, all these kind of things um, is important. But, you know, I think that that would have taught us a lesson. And we talk about bounce back ability. I think this is probably exactly the same thing. We're going to have a look at that and think, hold on a second, they gave us a bit of a whooping there. They ain't gonna, you know, it's going to be like almost like Borough, except it didn't quite work for Borough because obviously they beat us down at our place. But we whooped them on the pitch and they got that goal. And I think we're going to go up there and we're going to really take the game to Ipswich and uh, we'll see. 
I'm hoping. I hope the pitch is decent. I've, a friend of mine says it is good, so um, let's hope that that bears out. Because um, I think if I was Mick, I would probably wouldn't water the pitch, and I'd let the grass grow as long as possible. Yeah. So, so listen, boys, let's go around the table here. School predictions to see how you think we're going to get on on Saturday. Laney. One one draw. Matt Allard. I'm 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 full of positivity and stuff, but I've just got a feeling this is the draw. Um, I'm going to go two two draw. Nick the liberal. I was going to go two two draw two. Oh. Two two draw two. Two two draw two. Two two draw two. And me myself and I. I'm going 2-0 Brentford. I think we'll bang him off the park. Oh, like your style, William. Like thank, your style. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling the vibes and I think we're going to come back and I think the long man is a bit of an unknown quantity and they're going to be digging out all sorts of videos trying to find him, you know. So where, where's this long person? Never heard of him, like, you know. So that'll be, that'll be quite interesting. Then Andre Gray will come up with 20 minutes to go and absolutely just tear them apart. But that's me being completely confident. Bill, can I also give you a score prediction for another game this weekend, which is quite important for Brentford yes. too, yes. which is hopefully Liverpool will beat Blackburn. Oh, the yeah. one thing that we do not want yes. is we do not want a draw, Liverpool-Blackburn in the Cup on Sunday. That's right. Uh, actually, I don't care. If Blackburn beat Liverpool, that's fine as well. The one thing we do not want is a draw, because otherwise that means our um, game... Hotels. Gets, well, never mind the hotels. It's just that actually I want... You know, I don't want us to get fixture congestion sometime towards the end of the year, end of the season. Because that, that means that our, our, our game with Blackburn, which is on the twenty first, twenty seventeenth of March, 17th. will get moved to another date, probably sometime in April, which would be a real shame. Because also we have booked hotels and they're non-refundable. But that's not, not us being selfish. That's just us making a point. So, uh, but anyway, listen, we're going to finish up today. We're going to probably have to leave in about 20 minutes to try and get to Ipswich for kick-off, aren't we? Because then trains and buses ain't working. So uh, let's just uh, knock this one off because this is the pride of West London podcast. We've had a good week overall. Things have gone our way. Fingers crossed by Saturday, 5 o'clock, we'll be smiling even more. Besotted.co.uk. You can check us out. Audioboom.com and iTunes. Check subscribe and you can subscribe to our podcasts on there. You can also go to YouTube. And look for Besotted1992. We've got 200 plus videos there. They're all hilarious, funny. Just check them all out. And um, you can check us back here after the game. We do a post-match podcast where we'll be talking to Brentford fans, talking to Ipswich fans. And hopefully, well, someone's going to be happy. No doubt. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're going to be checking out now. Billy Grant, Dave Lane, Matt Allard and Liberal Nick Carfew. Check you later, boys. I'll see you on the motorway. See Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.